title of the, 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 the message today is what? What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? We, we polled some people last night and videoed them. We'll show them in just a moment. Uh, some people, what, what are you afraid of? That was the question we asked. What are you afraid of? Last night, I, had a, uh, I told them when they interviewed me and said, Preacher, what are you afraid of? I said, my greatest fear is that I'll have to stand in front of a bunch of people and have nothing to say. Now, that, that to my wife was funny. I don't know why, but she thought that was humorous. But I, I had a dream last night that, that we were in a big auditorium, and for some reason, Brother Jalen had another person leading the, 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 the music, and they decided to go a cappella, and it was aca-awful. Amen. And I'm sitting there, and I, I mean, I, I, I'm just, all the colors leaving my face. And this is one of them real ones, too. Did you wake up in a sweat? Amen. And I get up there, and then, then the videos start playing, and they, every one of them malfunctioned, and something come on that shouldn't have been up there. And I'm thinking, God, no, what is happening? It was like the Twilight Zone. And then, and then I get up on the platform and look out, and Dr. Brown's out there. All the, all my heroes are out there. And then, then, then to top it all off, all my critics were out there too. You know them preachers that are not on the Christmas card list? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, the ones that, that you, if they show up, you want to knock it out the park just to prove them wrong. They was all there in my nightmare. Say amen. So hopefully it'll get better from here. Amen. Matthew chapter number 8, if you have found your spot in verse number 23, say amen. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples, what'd they do? What are you doing? We're following him, aren't we? That's what disciples do. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Uh -huh. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Now, if you, compare, if you compare Matthew 8 with, I believe it's Mark 4, you'll find that there's a comparison that they come to him, and the first question they ask him before they said, Save us, we perish, they say, Carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care? We're going to die? Don't you care? The Bible goes on to say, verse 26, And he saith unto them, Why are you fearful? Why are you fearful? That's like asking a swimmer, Why are you wet? I mean, this is a storm. This is a terrible situation. What kind of question is that? Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? How many of you, be honest right now, be honest, because you, you'll, you'll get a virus when you leave here if you lie right now, all right? Uh, there's one going around, trust me, amen. How many have ever prayed for something and then God did it and you was like, wow. I mean, he answered the prayer you asked just like you asked it and you was like, wow. What a God we serve, Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for all the folks that are here today. And thank you for the good music and the, and the, and the precious spirit that's in this place. God, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't take for granted what we have in this place. And I thank you for it. And I appreciate it. And 
Lord, I'm glad that we can cry. Lord, I'm glad that we can laugh. All in the same building. Lord, we can enjoy being in your house. God, I pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What was the question? What is the question we're, we're asking here? Will they be able to see it, Brother Dustin, if the lights are on? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's answer some questions. Why are you afraid? My wife. Okay, thank you. Something you're afraid of? Um, I really am afraid when my wife begins to cook. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, tell me something you're afraid of. Snakes, snakes. And tell me something you're afraid of. I am afraid of spiders. Spiders, thank you. And tell me something that you're afraid of. I'm afraid of my wife. Sweet. And could you tell me something you're afraid of? Um, mascara not being in the world no more. Mascara not being in the world no more. Thank tell me something you're afraid of. I'm definitely afraid of spiders. Spiders. Thank you. Yes. Tell me something you're afraid of. Um, the dark. The dark. Can you tell me something you're afraid of? Heights. Heights. And what? Tell me something you're afraid of. Uh, standing in front of people without something to say. Okay, thank you. Okay, and tell me something you're afraid of. Birds and butterflies. Birds and butterflies. Tell me something you're afraid of. Um, never finishing school. Never finishing school. It's amazing to me that almost all the men said they was afraid of their wife. What's that about? <laughs> What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I, I read a quote this week. I read a quote this week that said this. The thing that you're afraid of is where you, where you trust the Lord the least. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? The thing that you're afraid of is, is the area of your life that you trust the Lord the least. The question he asked, what are you afraid of? Why are you fearful? And then he put a tag on it, O ye of little Listen, faith is basically trust. It's assurance. It's, it's a confidence that everything's going to be all right. So the opposite of fear is faith. It's confidence. It's trusting in God. I want to give you three quick things today, uh, three quick things that will encourage you and help you, and we'll try to hunker down in number three a little bit. Because so, there's, there's some things that, that we really need to uh, 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 get in our heart to help us deal with fear in our life. Uh, they're, they're, real, they're really legitimate fears, aren't they? Uh, uh, sometimes I, I think one of my greatest fears is for my kids. Uh, it one, one, uh, the other day, the other day uh, uh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie went to the neighbor's house across the street, and it was the day of the big snow. Y'all remember when all the snow was and everything? And, and they asked, can, can we go over there and play? And, and so Mackenzie's over there. Well, I look, and there's nobody in the front yard. And, uh, and that's what, we have like a standing policy. You got to be where we can see you. Does anybody have a policy like that? That's a good policy. And, and, and I couldn't see her. So I said, uh, McKenzie, 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 nothing. So now, now I'm starting to feel it. How many of y'all, as parents, you know what I'm talking about? Now we have a there's a there's a Carter thing that that is in, in all the Carter bloodline that when you get scared you get angry. 
Am I right, Randy? That's just it. My dad's got it. My Uncle Herbert's got it. My grandma sure enough's got it. I mean, we just it's just a thing. It's just a hereditary thing. And so I'm starting to get it. And so I cross the road, and, and I knock on the door. And I said, well, they've, they've gone inside and everything. And, uh, and, 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 and uh, the mom across the street said, I haven't seen them. Now it's really bad. And, and I'm starting to really feel it in, in, in here, and, and my breathing's getting shallow. And I, I, and one of us said, oh, but they always go over to Miss Clara's house. Miss, I mean, she's an elderly lady across, right beside that they always hang out at because and, and she feeds us pie. Say amen right there. Go over there, nothing. Now I'm really hollering. And, I, and, and she said, well, sometimes they go, there's a little trail right there. And then it dawned on me, I remembered there's a little pond in the woods behind their house. Now what are we automatically thinking? They have fell in the pond and they can't, and son, I'm, I'm really getting it now. And I've jumped the fence and I'm headed that way. Well, then I see them coming way across the pasture and here they come tromping. And boy, it's not a good situation. <laughs> but you know what? The biggest part of that whole deal, I was scared to death. Scared to death. What is your fear? What is it that grips you? What is it that, 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 that you just can't shake? In this story, in this story, we see some things that will really help us, I believe. Number one, if you're taking notes, write these things down. In this story, which we see, and you, you compare it to Mark chapter, number, uh, Mark chapter number four and put it together, the Bible says, and, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. What do disciples do? They follow Jesus. That's what we do. That's what we're called to do. That's what, that is our occupation. We are Jesus followers. We follow his will. We follow his word. He gives us, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And, and that's what Christians do. We follow the Lord the best we can. We try to follow him in his attitude. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We do everything we can to follow him. Now watch, here's the key. Here's the key. The Bible says, and they followed him, and behold, verse 24, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. Now, first thing I want you to see, number one, I want you to see reality. Reality. There are people that are living in a false reality. Reality means real. It means real. It's what's reality. It's what's real. There are, there are made up things. There are perceived things. Sometimes in life, when, you, when a person gets saved, their perception is this, that, that when you get saved, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be, now when I say that, I mean this, that everything's going to be easy from there on out. Everything's going to be a cakewalk from there on out. I'm in the line with Jesus. Jesus is on my side. We sing songs. I'm on the winning side, you know, and all this stuff. And we think, man, it's going to be great here. I'm not going to ever have another problem. Wrong. They were following Jesus, and the Bible says there arose. Arose means quickly. It was a sudden storm. I mean, it just rose before they knew it. It was upon them. And the Bible says this. It used the word tempest. If you'll look up that word in your concordance, it means seismos. It's the word seismos, which means a quaking. It's where we, we, we get our uh, uh, seismologists and those people that, 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 that study quakes. It is a quaking. It is a severe situation. It's almost like a hurricane, if you'd want to put it in, in, in modern terms that we could think and see waves. I saw videos of, of, of the ocean during hurricane times, and man, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you just can't imagine. That's what they're going through. 
And it was to the point that the boat was full of water. And it came now. What's the point? What's the point? We need to recognize and understand that when you're following Jesus, storms are going to come. What is the reality? Write this down, eh? Write this down. What's reality? Storms of life. It's just part of life. Things happen. Bad things happen to bad people. But guess what? Bad things happen to good people. It's just part of life. I, I, you know, we, we think, I'm having this flat tire because I have sinned. No, you're having a flat tire because it's bald as an onion. I'm having a heart attack because I have... No, you've ate cheeseburgers three times a day for 30 years. Listen, we got to quit blaming stuff on God that God had nothing to do with. And understand that storms come in life. Rocky situations come in... It's just part of life. From the time Adam and Eve sinned in the garden... The curse has cursed the world. And we live in a curse-filled society. And storms are just a part of life. It just is what it is. And we need to learn when we're following Jesus, we're going to face storms. But by the way, by the way, in, in Mark, you'll, you'll read that the Bible says, and there were other little ships in the same water. What does that mean? Whether you're in the boat with Jesus or not, you're still going to go through a storm. You know what that means? I've heard people say, well, preacher, ever since I've, I've started going to church, everything's been downhill ever since. That's a lie. Because you're going to have storms whether you're saved or not. You're going to have storms whether you're a Christian or not. You're going to be in storms whether you're in the boat with him or not. So I'm telling you, if we're going to face storms anyhow, why don't we just face them in the boat with him? Reality. There's going to be storms of life. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be times. Listen, and not only that, write this down. There's, there, there are seasons of life. There are seasons of life. Ecclesiastes 3. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, then a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What is he saying? He's saying this, you're not always going to be on the mountain. But you're not always going to be in the valley. I can look back over my life. I'm telling you, I can look back over my life. And boy, there's been some high times. But man, there's been some low ones too. There's been some times in my life when I didn't have nothing but tears falling off my face. And there's been times in my life when I just couldn't believe how good God had been to me. Here's the deal. If you're in the boat, just remember, or in the storm, 
or in the rough season, if you're in the dry season, if you're in the famine season in your life, if you're in a season where you don't know what in the world God's doing, which way is up or which way is down, just remember this. It's just a season, and seasons always change. <laughs> Come on, spring. Hallelujah. I tell you, I, used to, I, I, I grew up in South Florida my whole life. In the, in the fall is hot, in the spring is hot, in the, in the winter is hot, and in the summer is hot. I mean, it just, it just is that way. Sometimes every now and then it gets cold. But I, I grew up, and, and, and Randy was one of the only families that had a, had a fireplace. And, and, and I remember when they first got their house done and had the fireplace, we come over, and we wanted to build a fire. And it was 73 degrees. And Gracie said, it's not hot, it's not cold enough. We couldn't understand it. But you got a fireplace, let's use the thing. Amen. That's the way Tammy attracted me. She had a wood-burning stove in her house. We went on dates. We come to her living room. I played in the fireplace. Amen. She watched. I always wanted one. I always said, I'm going to move to Alaska. I'm going to move to Alaska. I, want to say, I never saw snow till I was 18 years old when I went to Bible college in South Carolina. First time I'd ever seen snow in my life. Me and my dad went and brought cotton jersey gloves to build us a snowman. It took about seven minutes outside, and we were done. We didn't know. We didn't have a clue. We, we tried to build a snowman, made a snow blob. There were sticks and leaves sticking out. It looked like a mess. And we said, well, this ain't the, the right kind of snow for a snowman. We went to church that night. There was a snowman in every yard all the way to church. But I found out this. I don't really like snow no more. Especially after this year. I was going down the road. I was going down the road at the last big snow, the one that where we was out for a week, or the kids were out of school for a week, about Wednesday or Thursday. I was like, forget this, man. I mean, I was just looking, and I said, boy, wouldn't, I can't wait to see some green grass. And you know what? Some of you right now, it's snowing. <laughs> it's snowing in your life. It's snowing, and it's cold, and it's miserable. And you think, is it ever going to be any different? But you know what? As soon as it's done, as soon as the time is right, as soon as God's ready, it's going to start warming up. And those sprigs are going to start sprouting again. And I promise you, you're going to see the roses again. You'll be able to smell them again, and it will be wonderful. Just don't give up in the winter. Just hang on. Just hang on. You say, well, preacher, what do I do? It's cold. I found out this. When you get cold, it'll make you find the heater. And they, there's nobody, there's nobody as warm as Christ. And sometimes God will let the snow fall just so we'll go find him. Church, say amen. How many of you realize that this is a part of life? If we didn't have seasons, we wouldn't have a harvest. It's just a part of life. It's what makes things what they are. It's what, what helps us survive. God knows we need the seasons. 
as terrible as the winter is, and as aggravating as the winter is, what will happen is in the dead heat of the summer, about 120, we'll say, boy, I'll be glad when it gets cool. How many of you with me? Let's just trust God. Let's just trust God that he knows what he's doing. Amen? Number two, not only do we see the reality, but don't you see this? Number two, don't you see the reassurance? I like this. I like this. These guys, they were terrifying. I'd have been right there with them. I'm telling you, I'd have been squalling, screaming. Somebody go get him. He, 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 he's turned water into wine and he's, he's fixed everything. Surely he's connected. They run to him and say, don't you care that we perish? What does fear do to us? For some of us, it makes us angry. Some of you are dealing with people with anger problems. But honestly, it's not really an anger problem. It's a fear problem. They're afraid. They, they, they have a complex. You say, well, they just, they're angry all the time. There's a really, really deep-seated problem with fear. Some of us get paranoid. You get afraid and you start thinking everything's against you. Everybody's talking about you. Everybody's... And they said this, don't you care that we perish? Well, sure he cared. And they really knew he cared, but when you get afraid, you think things you normally wouldn't think. When you get afraid, you think things about your spouse you normally wouldn't think. You, you say things you normally wouldn't say. Sometimes when we get afraid, we get controlling. I have an issue with that. Especially with kids. We want to, because we're so afraid. We don't want things to happen. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to them to get hurt, and, and sometimes we're just overprotective. I've seen, I seen uh, now, if this is your kid, wonderful. But I, I, I and, and I don't mean nothing by it. It just struck me as humorous, just from my background. I've I seen a kid play in the infield, and it looked like he had full body armor on. Playing baseball in the infield. Now, I can understand the catcher, but shortstop, come on. I mean, full body, he had chest protect, the whole thing, face. Now, and I know we're in that kind of society now, but come on. Well, what's that from? What is that a product of? Tell me, what's that a product of? Fear. He may break his sternum. He may, he may lose a tooth. He may, you know, and, and, and you know, sometimes we just got to let our kids climb a tree and fall out. Yeah, I said it, and I don't like it neither. Why is it that, that a tree this high is a lot scarier than it was when we were kids? I'm like, oh, my, you know, fear causes all that. And sometimes we just got to trust God that he can take care of them like he took care of us. But fear, fear will cause this stuff. And they came to him and said, oh, what are you doing? Save us. He wakes up. Looks at them, looks at the storm, says, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Shoom. 
calm as can be. Now here's the reassurance. I want you to look at A. Write this down. Write this down. What do we have? What reassures us in our storm? The perception of Christ. The perception of Christ. What is perception? It's how you see something. How they saw the storm was different than how he saw the storm. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, I like oysters. Now, when my wife looks at oysters, she thinks of a commode. Because that'll be the next place she goes if she tries to eat one, because it's coming back. Say amen right there. Now, when I look at an oyster, I think of crackers and cocktail sauce. I need a witness right there. Bless God, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Amen. We have two different ways at looking at something. Now, here's what happens. You get in the middle of a storm, you get in the middle of a crisis, you get in the middle of some fearful situation in your life, and Jesus is looking at it like, <sighs> while we're saying, ah! is, is, is Jordan in here? Jordan, she, she in here, she'll be in the second service. She was upstairs uh, vacuuming this week. And, uh, and she had them earphones in, so she couldn't hear nothing with the vacuum and the earphones short enough. Well, she was, she was in a, in a little, and I, and I waited, and I just got up real close. And when, as soon as she turned around, I went, and she just went, Aah! I mean, there was like a five-second delay that it was just, she ran me all the way down the stairs. I'm talking about scared her to death. And that's the way we do with the things that scare us. Jesus is up there yawning. It ain't no big deal. I, like, I, I wrote this down. Jesus is never bothered by what's bothering us. Jesus does not even break a sweat when it comes to the things that's scaring us to death. You say, what? Why is that supposed to help me? Because you can run to him and he can take care of it. Jesus looks at our problems as no big deal. I can handle it. I can fix it. It is, listen, it is just another deal in my life. But sometimes we think God is up there sweating. We think God is up there and, 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 and wringing his hands over what's going on this earth. I promise you this. God is not worried about a thing. He is in control. He is in control. Not only the perception of Christ, but B, the presence of Christ. The presence of Christ. What's the point? Let me, let me go back to... Uh, let me see if I can find it here real quickly. I can get this. It won't take too much time. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Mark chapter number 4. And in, in the same day, this is Mark chapter 4. You don't have to turn there, but just turn there later. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. In the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over into the other side. And when they had sent him away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. Other little ships. What does that mean? Jesus is in, in, in one with the disciples. And, and as they're going across the sea, there's other smaller ships in the same water. So guess who else experienced the storm? Mother little ships. Now here's the question. 
The reason some people in this room right now, and I just, let me just be frank and honest. Let me just be frank and honest. Some people in this room right now, the reason that you're about to lose your mind is because you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. And here's the deal. I have been, I have been to, to, to countless hospital rooms. I have been to countless funerals. I have been to those when they were just falling apart all over themselves because the one in the casket didn't know Jesus and the ones in the congregation didn't know Jesus. And they were losing their mind. They had no peace. They had no sense of assurance. They had no, no calmness whatsoever. They were losing it. But then I've gone to funerals where the one in the casket was a saint of God. And those that were there to celebrate their home going was saints of God too. And listen, instead of crying and weeping and mourning and wailing, yes, they missed them, but they knew on the other side was a lot better place. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and when I leave this ground, I'm going to a better place. And they were reassured of the fact that the, what is in them was in that person and the Holy Spirit has taken them to be with glory and the same Holy Spirit that calmed and comforted them is in me now. I'm telling you, I would rather be in the boat with Jesus than anywhere else in the world. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. I'm glad I'm with Jesus. And if you're going to face a storm, you better get in the boat with Him. Because they're coming. Whether you're in the boat with Him or not, storms are coming. Seasons of life that are very difficult are coming. And the best way to get through it, the best way to make it safely to the other side is just fall in with Him and say, Jesus, I want You as my Savior. I believe You're the Lord Jesus who died for my sin. I'm going to believe You today. I'm getting in the boat with You. Hallelujah. Listen. The best way to make it through life's troubles is to make it in the presence of Jesus. I'm telling you, I can't explain it. There's no way to explain it. The Bible says joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Bible says peace that passeth all men's understanding. You can't explain it. You can't explain why that, that loved one is there, but you have peace. You can't explain it that, that why you're in that and you're, you're in that, that, that hospital room and, and, and everybody's shaking their head no, but you have peace because God said it's going to be okay. Josh, you told me you, you should have never made it out that wreck, but you made it. God brought you through. Josh got saved Friday night. Isn't that an awesome deal? Isn't that great? Amen. What a time. What a time. I danced all the way to my truck. Amen. I know it ain't good for a Baptist to dance, but I did. Amen. Right there. I was so excited. I was so excited. Because I'm telling you, they're coming. Church, they're coming. Storms are coming. You may be in one now, but if you ain't, they're coming. You might as well go through it with Jesus. Church, say amen. amen. Lastly, number three. What was number one? Let's see if we can remember. Just one word, y'all. Reality. Reality. Storms are coming. If you're going to follow Jesus or if you're not going to follow Jesus, it doesn't matter. Storms are coming. We see reality. Number two, we see our reassurance. Our reassurance. Then, then number three, I want you to write this down. We see our reminder. Reminder. 
our reminder. And by the way, if, you, if you're not in a life group, get in one for the next six weeks at least. Just so you can go in deeper in this deal and study this more. Because you're going to need this. You're going to need this. Just, 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 at least you say, preacher, I don't even like life groups. Well, just suck it up for six weeks and get in it just to get this stuff. All right? Say amen right there. A reminder. What, what do we need to understand? You need to understand some things about fear. Fear in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. What? We're supposed to be conquering it. Just hear me out. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge in Proverbs. The Bible says we're to fear Him. We're to serve Him with fear and trembling. Now, you say, well, preacher, you just say we're not supposed to be afraid. And, 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 and you know, Jesus, all the fear knots in the Bible. No, there's a difference. There's a different word used. Now, here's the deal. I want you to write this down and, and, and then just listen real good. I want you to write this down. A, I want you to see the failure in fear. We're going to talk about how fear is bad first, and then we're going to talk about how fear can be good. The failure in fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Say that with me. The, the spirit of fear. But of love, power, and of a sound mind. Sound mind means clear thinking. How many of y'all know sometimes when you get afraid, you're not thinking clearly? Tammy, Tammy was cooking, and, and my mom happened to be there, and, and I think a couple of the girls was in the kitchen, and she had, a, I, I think, a robe on, and, and, and she was reaching over something where the robe touched the, the burner, and it was hot, and it just caught fire. Well, the girls are, ah! I mean, they're screaming, and I walk in the house, and they're screaming, and Mom's screaming, and Tammy's screaming, and, and I'm, hey, 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 because afraid, what happens when Carters get afraid? Quit screaming, hush, hush, cut, put, put your hand in the sink, you know, you know, I'm just Sergeant Slaughter coming in, you know. But you don't think right. I mean, you just, here we go, we got a bad situation, you know, my wife's burning down to the ground, it's just, we got to fix this deal. <laughs> And then, then she gets mad at me. Why are you hollering to me? I'm on fire. It's just, it's just one of them things. Amen. But the Bible says God does not give us that paranoid thinking. But love, power, and a sound mind. So if God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, Satan does. Now, this is the bad one. You remember I said there's two different words here? There is a spirit of fear, and there is an emotion of fear. The emotion of fear is what God gave you for your protection. And I'll, I'll show that in a minute. But the, the, word, the word used here in 2 Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear, is the word delios. It's the Greek, the Greek word D-E-I-L-O-S, delios, which means timidity, timidity or cowardice. In other words, a timid spirit all the time. A, 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 a constant, count, no courage, no assurance, no, no trust in anything whatsoever. God did not give you that. And that is not what we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have confidence. 
We're supposed to have courage. We're supposed to have an ability to stand forth when it gets tough. We're to be soldiers of the cross. But when we allow the emotion to run wild, let me give you this, and we'll come back to that. B. First we see the failure in fear, but then we see the function of fear. The function of fear. And in this one, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.20, Them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. Boy, if we did that in church today, it would be a different situation. Say amen. I think a lot of us start straightening out a little faster. But it says, Them that sin rebuke before all that others may also fear. Now this is a different word fear than the one you've seen in 2 Timothy. This is the word phobio. It means to revere or to be in awe of. Did y'all catch that? To revere, to respect, to be in awe of. I don't like snakes. I couldn't be a snake handler if I wanted to. I hate them, every one of them. I'm telling you, I just, especially them, 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 uh, them poisonous snakes. Now see, sometimes we use the same English word and we fail to see what, what God is trying to say. Because you say, well, if I'm not supposed to fear, then why does he say to fear him? It means to reverence him, to revere him, to be in awe of him. I fear snakes, that is that timidity, that cowardice, that's how I feel about snakes. But when it came to my father... When it came to my father, I feared him. But it was a different type, a different word. I revered him. I was in awe of him. Listen, I didn't do things I wasn't supposed to do because I know he would fix my situation. How many of y'all had one of them type daddies? How many of y'all grew up before ADD and Ridlin? My daddy's Ridlin was about that long, about that wide. And whistle through the wind. And I revered him. I revered him. Amen. Because I knew he meant what he said. He never counted a time. Not one time of ever hands. Malcolm, one, two, no. And I never had a certain amount of licks. You're going to get five licks. He just did it till he was tired. But you know what? I love him. I so respect him and, 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 and reverence him. And, and see, that's what God's talking about. I'm not afraid of my dad. I'll go to him with anything that I need. I'm not afraid like I... Are y'all, y'all get that? And there's the two different fears there. Delios and Phobio. It means to revere. Now, the reason God gave you the emotion of fear is to protect you. I wrote this down underneath the function of fear. The function of fear is this. Number one, to prevent. To prevent. To keep you from doing something wrong. The Bible says you're to rebuke those that sin before all that others may fear. So they don't go and sin. Now, here's the deal. (laughs) Mackenzie, I'm picking on Mackenzie today, but Mackenzie, I was, I was painting a house one time, and it had some goats, 
Look, them little baby goats, them pygmy goats. You know them little ones, that they little, but they're they, they full grown. They're little bitty things. And, and that's just too enticing for a little person. Say amen right there. But the only problem was about this high off the ground, there was one single wire that ran around the whole pen. Just one single wire. It looks harmless. But I knew what was in that wire. You might could not see it, but it was there. It was a hot wire. And, and she just wanted to touch them ghosts. I said, baby, stay away from this, this right here. This will bite you. Do you understand? This wire right here will set you free. <laughs> oh, yes, daddy, yes, daddy, yes, daddy, yes, daddy. I go in the house, I know better. But I figure, well, might as well learn now or never. So I go back in the house and I start painting and I hear... Wow! I said, well, that's that. <laughs> Did you go tell her not to touch it? I didn't have to. She never touched it again. She, <laughs> she came in the house and tried to straighten it up so she knew I wouldn't know she was crying. Because she didn't want to know. She came in and you could tell them big old tears. I said, did you touch that wire? I didn't mean to, Daddy. I didn't mean to. But now she's afraid of it. She ain't going to do it no more. You see what I'm saying? God gave us an emotion of fear to keep us safe. But what happens is that emotion runs wild and gets carried away. And then it becomes a spirit. And God never intended that to be. God wants us to keep our emotions in check. How do we do that? By staying close to Him. That when at times, look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. Listen, I said this. The function of fear was to prevent, but then it was to promote. To promote. The Bible says this. Matthew 8, 25. And His disciples came to Him. What did they do when they got afraid? What did they do? They ran to him. They came to him. The Bible says in Psalms 56, 3, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What does that mean? God gave you the emotion, not the spirit. The emotion of fear to keep you safe, to keep you from doing stupid things. People, people I don't understand some of y'all. Y'all pay people to scare you. I mean, you, you really do. You pay people to torture you. They're, they're called dentists. Say amen. No, I'm just kidding. Not that one. Y'all pay money to go to, 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 to uh, you know, haunted houses and, and roller coasters and everything. Daddy, that thing's pulling three Gs, you know. So? That don't mean you got to strap your body to it. Amen? But we do. What happens, what happens when you stop being afraid of something? You get hurt. You get hurt. How many of y'all, when you was kids, you had your swing bicycle or whatever kind of bicycle you had, and you, you, you learned what a, a concrete block was and a piece of plywood? <laughs> Look, Dad, we're catching air. And you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you get confidence in it, and you stop being afraid or fearful, and then the next time... 
Oh, boy. You go a little faster than you normally would, and you did it a little more careless than you normally would, and you jump, and you are out of balance, and you go right over the front. Don't ask me how I know that. And Dad always told me, when you stop being afraid of something, that's when you're going to get hurt. Bull riders, whatever it is, whatever it is you do, when you stop being afraid is when you're going to get hurt. Now here's the deal. You need to fear sin. Because when you think, you think you're above it and you won't never fall to it, you're going. You need to be, husbands and wives, you need to be constantly afraid of an affair. To the point that you won't even flirt with nobody. Y'all with me? I'm, this is good preaching. You need to keep shouting. Because when you stop being afraid is when you're going to fall. So what are we going to learn from this message today? Don't let fear turn into a spirit. Let it stay in emotion to keep you safe and to prevent you from doing something wrong. Let it be a motivation to get you to run to Jesus. Let it be a motivation to get you to run to Jesus. Because when you run to Jesus, Jesus will keep it from becoming a spirit and overcoming your life. It's when we don't run to Him that fear takes control of our life. Does this make sense? Amen. How many of y'all be honest with me? Because I done went overtime. How many y'all? How many y'all be honest with me right now? You need some help in this area. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your touch. Lord, thank you for the ability that we have to come to you and learn that God, this is an emotion that is given to us to keep us safe. This is an emotion that's given to us to prevent us from doing crazy stuff. But God, if we do not run to you with our problem, if we don't take our burdens to you and cast them on you, it becomes a spirit that overwhelms us. God, help us to bring our burdens to you. If you're here today, every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today and you say, Preacher, Preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. I'm one of them ones just talking about this that maybe not in the boat. And fear's been running my life and I'm tired of it. Preacher, I just need you to pray for me. I, I, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. Preacher, would you pray for me? Every head's bowed. Just slip up your hand right where you are and I'm going to pray for you. Say, Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I'm saved. Preacher, would you pray for me? Just slip it up right where you are. Anybody. Anybody. You say, Preacher, I'm saved, but sometimes I have failed to take that, that item, that situation in my life to Jesus so that He could take care of it and it's become a spirit in my life. And there's so many things I'm afraid of and it's just kind of running my life right now and I need some help with it. Preacher, would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up right where you are. Preacher, help me with my fear. Raise it high and show God you're serious. God bless you all over the building. Father, we love you today. We praise you. We glorify your name. Lord, a lot of scary stuff in this world. I pray that you'll be with those here that's, that's preacher, I need some help. I need to run to you. I need to come to you with my burden. I need to come to you with my fear.